Hey, Velocity Church, good morning. I thought this morning might be a great time to give you an update on my garden. I know I've mentioned it a couple times during this sermon series, and I know that you've been waiting with bated breath to hear more about what's going on with our vegetables and fruit that's growing in our backyard. I, I can just feel the anticipation through the lens of the camera of how excited you are to hear what's going on, especially because, at least for us, and I know the rain has been kind of weird over the last couple of weeks, we've gotten two inches of rain. And so the last couple of days, our garden has absolutely exploded. It's doing really well. Vines are going all over the place. We're getting some great fruit and vegetables from it, and we're really excited about all that. Now, our garden's doing really well, but if there was a food shortage or crisis, I, I, I don't know that I could quite feed my family. I love tomato sandwiches, but that, those will only go but so far from us and so, so far for us. And so I know like all the effort and time that we've been putting into working in this garden, uh, how much more appreciative I am about being able to go into the grocery store and whether it's getting rice and beans from the dry food section or getting a bag of potatoes or a can of peaches, whatever it may be, I know there's been a lot of time, a lot of effort ever since that first seed was planted in the soil all the way for it to get into my home. I'm incredibly appreciative of it. Those things don't just happen. And, and while that's, that's not just an update on my garden and what's going on, that has a lot to do with what Jesus is going to say as his final I am statement as we wrap up that series this week. We spent seven weeks, uh, this being the seventh, on Jesus describing his character and his nature in his very own words. And so I just want to recap really quickly where we've come from and what we've covered together. Jesus starts off by saying, I'm the bread of life. And Jesus accompanies that statement with, well, he precedes that statement with feeding thousands of people by multiplying five loaves of bread and two fish. Uh, he's talking to his disciples when he uses that statement how he provides much more than just physical food, but instead he offers and gives us sustaining spiritual sustenance. Uh, Jesus then says, I'm the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. And this message is central to the promises of Jesus. He comes to earth to bring the light of God into the darkness of this world. And, and this is in the face of knowing that the religious leaders of the day want to kill him for him making these types of statements. Then Jesus says, I'm the gate for the sheep. And that started really kind of a two-part sermon series uh, through John chapter 10. Gates give both access and protection. And this is what Jesus offers as the Son of God, the sacrifice to take sin away from us and out of the world. Um, and the metaphor of God's people being sheep and him being a shepherd was a huge part of Jewish history and teaching and religion. And so when we hear what Jesus does for us as the shepherd, for example, in his next statement, I am the good shepherd, how he takes care of our needs, how his is the voice that we need to be listening to and following, uh, that idea of Jesus being the shepherd and what it means for how he takes care of the sheep is meant to bring us great comfort and rest in our lives. In week five, we saw Jesus perform one of his most amazing miracles just short of his own resurrection. He raises Lazarus from the dead and he says, I'm the resurrection and the life. And we talked about spiritual resurrection, the concept of heaven, the fact that Jesus, regardless of the brokenness of our bodies and our minds, restores, redeems, reconciles our souls, and that gives us the path to spiritual life. And last week, Jesus says, 
Very exclusively, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And we talked about how Jesus, as God in the flesh, uh, takes away sin in the world and gives each of us a role to help people find their way back to him. This conversation, this last one, uh, I am the way, the truth, and life happened just hours before Jesus' arrest and then his trial and then his crucifixion and, and resurrection. And he was making the point that the best proof for him being the way, the truth, and life was the evidence of the things that he had done shown fully in him resurrecting after his death. And this morning, as we dive into the last of Jesus' I am statements in John, we're going to be in John chapter 15. And this is actually a continuation of that same conversation that's happening in the upper room with the disciples. Jesus is uh, spending hours on a meal with his disciples. They're talking about all kinds of different things. And Jesus, in chapter 15 of John, shifts to an agricultural metaphor. And, of course, this was part of the big three for the time period of the day. Farming, fishing, and shepherding were the three most primary occupations for his disciples, his listeners, his followers. And so he uses these areas to explain the kingdom of God all the time. And so let's take a look at what he said in John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And so as Jesus is preparing his disciples with this final I am statement for what is about to happen, he has one central thought in mind for them, and that is to remain in relationship with him. Now, I, I don't know if you think back over the course of your life and all the different relationships that you've developed and all the different contexts that you've been in, whether it's been school or on a ball team or some hobby, extracurricular activity, work, whatever it may be, and think about all of the, the people that you have become friends with over the years and, and the differences in how that works out. Like sometimes we walk into something like a brand new uh, ball team, maybe you know, you've changed levels or something like that. You walk in, you meet people that you've never met before, but then you play with them over the course of four years and you develop a friendship maybe that still lasts to this day. And that happens every once in a while, maybe some work buddies that we started off with you know, 20 years ago and that we still remember and keep in touch with, some college friends or high school friends. But for the most part, at least, at least for me, most of those relationships don't necessarily continue on through the passage of time. I can think of a lot of people, maybe in different states that I lived in, that had great relationships. But since that time, some distance, some separation, those relationships aren't quite the same. And it always comes down to one thing. We don't keep in contact with each other. We haven't remained together, whether physically or keeping in touch with each other. And maybe you can relate to that. Sometimes it takes just a small thing to get a relationship going, but it takes a lot more time. It takes a lot more intentionality. It takes a lot more effort for that relationship to remain together. And so when I hear Jesus talking about his followers here, it makes me think of those friends or those different categories of friends, those that have continued through time and those who have fallen by the wayside. Jesus is saying, hey, we've been through a lot together. We've started a movement, a revolution, really, if, if you think about it. When we first met, you didn't know me. Uh, some of you knew each other, but maybe not all of you. And we spent at least three and a half years together seeing and doing some incredible things. But Things are about to change, and let's not let that drift us apart. 
Let's not go the way that typical relationships end up going and let us remain together like a branch connected to a vine. Don't lose what we've built here and how we've been connected to each other. And as Jesus uses this vine metaphor, I mean, this is one that has been used through the New Old Testament. Uh, if you walked into the late Second Temple uh, temple that was built by uh, Herod in that time period, you would see a large golden vine that was uh, put over the doorway of the inner temple because this was an imagery that they're familiar with. Vineyards are all over the place. Wine was one of the primary drinks of, of the day. And so they would know exactly what Jesus is talking about and remaining in the vine and some of the implications for that too. Because when you're trying to grow grapes in particular, Vines need a lot of time and a lot of care and a lot of intentionality. Pruning is a big process, and part of that, farmers would know the, ti the tips of the trade, the tricks of the trade, and how to take care of, how to provide nutrients for those vines, and all of those things were important for a good crop. If a branch was completely unproductive, for example, as Jesus mentions, it would be cut off and tossed to the side. If a branch was productive, the farmer would prune that to make sure all of the nutrients went where it needed to go to produce fruit, and instead of, for example, just having branches. There, there are a lot of great-looking plants in my garden but just looking good doesn't really help me any. And so if I have a plant that's just growing and it's growing branches and it's growing leaves, but it's not producing any fruit or any vegetables, then it's not doing what it was meant to do. For a vine to be doing its job, it needs to produce grapes, not just leaves or branches. And so Jesus uses this picture to let us know what he expects out of being a follower of his. He wants us to produce good fruit. And so Jesus continues on in verse 5. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so Jesus helps his disciples and us to understand our part in this metaphor. We're the branches. The vine is the life source to the branches. And as the branches remain in the vine, they produce fruit. And here's why. It's natural that how we live our lives, we're, we're going to produce something. But the fruit that we bear, that points to what we're attached to the most in our life. And so Jesus says, hey, you need to remain in me because the fruit that you want to produce comes from me, and it's a natural progression from following me. But if it doesn't look like what I've called you to, then, then you're attached to something else in life. Mark Moore, who writes the Chronic Chronological Life of Christ, who actually is the author of Core 52, which we've been going through uh, this entire year and reading uh, together. He writes this, by clinging to Christ, we will bear fruit. It's not automatic, but it is inevitable. That is to say, although it will require effort on our part, there's no question that all disciples are fruitful. Just as branches connected to a vine produce grapes, so a Christian connected to Jesus bears fruit. This fruit includes such things as Christian character, righteous living and deeds of kindness, converts, and praise offered up to God. So take, take a look at that summary of the fruit that we produce as followers of Jesus. Christian character, righteous living, deeds of kindness, converts, and praise offered to God. In other words, when we're connected to the vine, when we remain in Jesus, our life and the nutrients that we're drawing from will, will cause us to look and act, think, and believe much differently than the life before being connected to Jesus. And how we pursue those attached to Jesus' character traits will inform our perspective on life. 
And so take Christian character first. When you think about fruit and Christian character, at least for me, the first thing I think of is Galatians 5, 22, and 23. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those are the character traits that flow out of a person that is connected to Jesus. A person that is living a life that is not connected to Jesus does not show these traits. Or they're not actively trying to improve these parts. Because, look, ain't none of us perfect, right? Uh, Their character is a person who's not connected to the vine like they should be or like they could be. I mean, when you think about the fruit of the Spirit and you think about everything that you do in your life, that ought to be, when you think of Christian character, your life filter. And so before you say something on social media, which most of us probably shouldn't be, we should be filtering it through the fruit of the Spirit. When we make a decision at work, in our life, in our marriage, in our friendships, our thinking should be filtered through those fruits of the Spirit because that's the fruit that Jesus is looking for us to produce as followers of him. This, this then leads into the second thing that Mark Moore mentions, righteous living. This is something that doesn't come naturally necessarily to us. We tend to draw to the baser instincts of our human nature. Um, selfishness, anger, immorality, je- jealousy, those are the things that we default to when we're left to our own vices. But being connected to Jesus teaches us to walk in the light. Remember, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness. When we're connected to the vine and seeking our daily nutrients from Jesus, we will be people who live righteously, righteously, whether it's our speech, whether it's our conduct, um, the things that we allow to come into our minds, transformed and renewed with hearts and minds set on Jesus is the life trajectory that we have when we live out the righteousness that Jesus calls us into. This is all the more reason to stay connected to the vine of Jesus so that we can receive the nutrients we need to live the life that brings glory to God. And this, in turn, generates the perspective of kindness from Christ that offers relationships that reflect him. See, this righteous living then performs kind deeds, and this then leads into one of the main reasons why we continue to follow Jesus in relationship with other, other people. Because third, a fruit of being in Christ is that we help other people change their lives to then follow Christ as well. Converts, I know, it's one of those kind of old school words, but I think it's important probably to use as a way to remember, hey, this is, this is what Jesus is doing. He's taking us from an old life, a life that we need to live, live behind, and changing our entire direction and trajectory into living a whole new life. This is part of the fruit of being a follower of Jesus, is that we help produce other followers of Jesus. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And people don't come to Jesus if they don't know about him, and they haven't been introduced to him, and they haven't seen him being reflected in their life. His commission to all followers is that we would tell the world about the good news of Jesus, that he's the answer to our pain, to our sin, to the life that so many of us try to fill with other things. And so, yes, being connected to Jesus as the vine should produce the fruit of us helping connect others to him as well. Christian character and righteous living are meant to build the credibility and the opportunity to be able to share Jesus with other people. And then finally, this produces praise offered to God. 
bringing glory to God is, is really of primary importance when it comes to our purpose here in life. He's the one, he's the creator, author, sustainer of life. He's the one who deserves glory and honor and praise. And the more we understand about what Jesus provides for us, the more we are simply drawn to in everything that we do, giving God the praise, the glory, the honor. In Hebrews chapter 13, verses 15 and 16, uh, through Jesus we read, therefore let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. When a plant is properly cared for and provided for and tended to, connected to nutrients that it needs, it can't help but produce good fruit. And a life that is connected to Jesus just can't help but bring him glory. And our character changes, our morality shifts towards righteousness, and we begin to point every part of our being at bringing glory to God. And this is what it means to bear fruit as a follower of Jesus. And there is an alternative. There is a way to see and to know and to evaluate, assess what's going on in our life as to whether or not we are being followers of Jesus that are producing fruit. Jesus says in John 15, chapter, uh, verse 6, If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. And this picture is a little bit more poignant for me because we've got a couple squash plants that have become diseased, and they're withering and dying, and we had to dig them up and get rid of them from our garden so it wouldn't infect and disease the other plants that are there. And so twice in this passage, Jesus talks about branches being cut off. And we could spend a whole other sermon on just that topic. Um, I don't want to underemphasize the reality that when we live a life detached from the vine, it is only natural. Not because Jesus is going out of his way. Oh, man, I can't wait for pruning time. This is going to be exciting. But it is only a natural progression in our life that we will wither, we will be disconnected, and that we will be cut off from the vine. Remain in me, is what Jesus says. And the opportunity is that, hey, if you're not connected to him, later on in, in the New Testament we read that we, we can be grafted into the vine. That even if we feel disconnected now, that doesn't have to be the case then. That, that we can be connected to Jesus. Jesus says, remain in me. And the way that we do that is that we, we make him our purpose in life, that that connection to that vine, then everything else that we do flows from that. Whether it's listening to preaching about his truth and love, whether it's being daily in God's word, reading more about him so it affects our character and our nature, whether it's continually being in prayer about what's happening and going on in our lives so that we can ask God to show us how we can develop more and more into being like Jesus, whether it's plugging into his church, his body, who Jesus is the head of, and serving uh, in that way, um, getting together with other people and being connected in relationships so that we can all be connected to that vine and produce in the way that grows the kingdom. Jesus' final thought on being the vine and us being the branches that naturally produce fruit, um, he makes us a promise when we remain in him. In John chapter 15, verses 7 and 8, and then I'm going to skip to verses 16 and 17, John writes, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. You did not choose me, 
but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Regardless of what's happening around us and in our lives, as we think about these seven characteristics of Jesus as he describes himself in his own words, we are helped to stay connected to the vine that sustains us, that gives us life, that gives us the nutrients that we need to produce the kind of life that we were created for, the purpose with which God placed us on this earth and placed us in and among the people, the relationships, the jobs, the situations that we find ourselves in. We can produce the fruit of Jesus when we stay connected to him. And maybe, maybe so there's some things that have been revealed to us especially during times like this when things are not normal, they're a little bit different, and we're ready for them to go back the way they were, but maybe there's an opportunity, maybe there's some things that have been pointed out to us in our lives, accentuated even, that we realize maybe I could use some pruning. Maybe there's some things that I've been nurturing in my life that are just leaves and branches that look healthy, but they're not really bearing any fruit. And maybe it's an opportunity for us as we look and see what the character and nature of Jesus produces in the kingdom of God, how much our life reflects that. Maybe it's an opportunity for us to say, hey, am I, am I plugging in to the right sources in my life? As Jesus ends that section of discussion with his disciples, he says, the fruit that we bear as followers of him produces love. And so as we think about what it means to be connected to the vine, as we meditate on what it means to be branches that are producing the fruit that comes from Jesus in our relationships, in our work, in the way that we think about the world, the way that we process what's happening around us, one of the ways that we can consider whether or not we're bringing glory to God that's meant to be produced in our life is whether or not we're producing love. Because that's what we need. That's what the world around us need, and that's the way that we remain in Jesus. That's what he came to do. That's what he came to provide, ultimately. That's what he produces as we follow him. And so I, I just want to ask us as, as a church, as people who are seeking to pursue Jesus, and as we think about what it means to take communion together, and as we celebrate Jesus' ultimate sacrifice, his self-sacrifice, what, what that love that we produce actually looks like. Because it looks a whole lot like self-sacrifice. It looks a whole lot like saying, hey, just like Jesus came and his character and nature was devoted into sharing God's love with us and producing truth and faithfulness in our life, that, means, that needs to be the same thing I'm a part of as well. That needs to be how I'm connected to Jesus as well and how I'm connecting others to him as well. I've, I've really enjoyed, especially during this time, focusing solely on Jesus. And, and I hope you have too, because more than anything in this world, more than all the opportunities for divisiveness that currently exist right now in this day and age, and that will continue to exist in the time to come, we can produce love. We can produce love for each other that builds the unity that Jesus calls us to. We can produce the love that shows others a different way of living, a way of moving past some of the things that are just causing them to wither and die in their own lives. 
And so as we take communion together this morning, I just ask that you meditate on that, meditate on where's the Holy Spirit maybe showing you some pruning that needs to happen in your life, or maybe some opportunities that the Holy Spirit has put on you to show and produce love in the lives of others. And as we pray and as we take uh, communion together, let's think about how Jesus' sacrifice informs what the fruit that we're called to bear in our lives looks like. Let's pray. God, we praise you. We give you all the glory because you're the, you're the one that deserves it. God, while there's a lot of um, other vines that we could attach ourselves to, other fruit that we could pr- be producing, God, we thank you for the purposefulness, the timelessness, um, the infinite love that you offer to us to be able to be tied into. God, we ask that you show us in our lives how we can, uh, how we can grow, more, grow more fruit as we attach ourselves to you more and more. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.